Hello and welcome to the Will Preach for Food podcast. I'm Doug. I'm pastor of Faith Lutheran Church based out of Shelton, Washington. We're a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. A lot of conversation these days about religious freedom, about churches gathering for public worship during the pandemic. What do you think? What do you think about Christians worshiping during COVID-19? What should local congregations do? Should we wait it out? Should we insist on special treatment? Should we stand up for religious freedom? Lots of opinions about this stuff out there. And that's okay. It's how it's supposed to be. But how do we as Christians, as Americans, how do we talk about it? I think we start by making sure that God has the first and the last word. The Bible says actually quite a bit about worshiping in extraordinary circumstances. So that's what I want to spend our time today doing. Please grab a Bible and we'll start the conversation with Psalm 150. I will end up in the book of Revelation, and by the end of this podcast, I will have given you four ways that the Bible invites you to worship God even during a pandemic, maybe especially during a pandemic. As always, a transcript of this podcast, as well as worship and study resources, are available at our website, www.faithshelton.org. Let's dive in, beginning with a prayer from a favorite 19th century hymn of mine. Take my life that I may be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my will and make it Thine, it shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is Thine own, it shall be Thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at Thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for Thee. Amen. We read Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise God in his mighty heavens. Praise God for his acts of power, for his surpassing greatness. Praise God with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise God with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing, with strings and pipe. Praise God with the clash of cymbals. Praise God with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, that phrase in Hebrew is the word hallelujah or alleluia. It's the woohoo of the Bible. (laughs) At Flathead Lutheran Bible Camp in western Montana, they sing a campfire song based on this psalm in which worshipers praise the Lord with trumpet sounds, with clashing cymbals, with a big, a bass, a drum, and even with Scottish bagpipes. Alleluia, 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 amen. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise and worship is at the heart of being a Christian. Churches hold worship services on Sunday mornings or other times of the week. Some use hymnals and pipe organs, others praise bands. Some emphasize a sermon, others Holy Communion. But the psalm tells everything that has breath to worship God, and that includes puppies and porpoises, cows and canaries, even human beings who can't carry a tune in a bucket. And God's sanctuary? Well, that includes the heavens and the earth, from pole to pole, from sea to shining sea. Whoever we are, whatever we are, wherever we are, we are to praise God for God's power and grace and to praise God with instruments, with music and dancing, with our whole bodies, with our whole being. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. 
So if the question is, should Christians worship God during the pandemic, the answer is yes, now more than ever. The question is not the if, but the how. How do we worship God? How do we worship God without putting at risk our neighbors, especially those who are most threatened by a virus? Look, before I go any further, I want to acknowledge how much I miss, how much we all miss worshiping together. You miss the spiritual energy that comes from singing and praying together, hearing the word of God, receiving the sacraments. I do too. You miss being with your friends and your church family, those adopted grandparents and children, sisters and brothers in Christ. I do too. You miss the physical touch, the hugs, the sense of community, the sense of being part of something bigger. I do too. And you know, I really miss, I really miss watching people in real time fall asleep during my sermon. Look, we all miss worship. These are extraordinary times. But the Bible talks a lot about worship in extraordinary times, in all sorts of circumstances. One psalm, uh, anticipating the days-long journey to an annual festival at the temple in Jerusalem, the psalmist bursts out, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Still another psalm describes the opposite, the feeling of being away from worship for too long. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion, he writes. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs, but, but how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? Sometimes people in the Bible forgot to worship God or, or didn't know how. They looked around and saw other nations worshiping idols of gold or stone or wood. They saw still other groups sacrificing children to their gods. What kind of worship did God want or require of them? And so the Bible teaches us. One psalm puts it starkly that God doesn't need your bull. And God certainly doesn't want us sacrificing our children. The prophet Micah tells us that what God wants is not more burnt offerings, but rather a people who do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Look, it's never been easy. Sometimes the people in the Bible faced religious persecution and pressure. Sometimes they sold out and embraced nationalism and emperor worship. Other times they found the courage to resist. One of my favorite speeches in the Bible is when three, three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were facing the fiery furnace for refusing to bow down to the emperor. King Nebuchadnezzar, they say, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if God does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. That's from Daniel chapter 3. Saying yes to God, saying no to false gods, discerning right worship. These are challenges that the church, that God's people have faced for generations. It has been, what, five months since we've worshiped together. And all of us, we long for the day when someone says, let us go to the house of the Lord. It's hard to sing when we're feeling like we're in exile. I mean, Zoom and Facebook just can't match live in-person worship. For some of us, masks feel like an attack on our religious freedom. For others of us, they are a means by which to demonstrate Christian love. 
There's a church in California right now that's arguing that all churches are commanded by God to gather for public worship on Sunday morning, no matter what the health risks are. What do you think? Are they right? On the other hand, Governor Inslee is asking congregations in Washington to take extra precautions when worshiping together, and many find these precautions too restrictive. Should Faith Lutheran model good citizenship, or or should we be standing up for our rights? What do you think? How do we balance concern for public health and the impulse and command to praise? Personally, I guess the way I see it is that the United States still enjoys unprecedented religious freedom, and, and God is certainly not the exclusive property of one political party or the other. No, but what I wonder about is just how fundamentally the pandemic is, is changing my ability to worship in a crowd with the kind of abandon that I've experienced in the past. For me, it's not about government restrictions or guidelines. My concern is the concern that Paul writes about in Romans 14, that the exercise of my religious freedom might harm my neighbor or threaten the well-being of my community or offend a brother or sister in the faith. And so here we are by the rivers of Babylon that are COVID-19. How then shall we worship? How can we sing the songs of Zion? What do you think? Again, I don't know for sure. Earnest congregations and leaders and church people have to figure things out for themselves, including those of us who make up Faith Lutheran Church in Shelton. Let's keep talking and praying. With the rest of my time today, I want to consider more broadly what it means to worship God. So we need to start with another passage from the Bible. This one from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. In view of God's mercy, Paul says, the forgiveness and salvation given to us by grace through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. In view of God's mercy, your true and proper worship, the Bible says, is to offer your whole self as a living sacrifice. Worship is wholehearted, 24-7 devotion and obedience to God. What we often call worship or going to church for an hour on Sunday is important and it honors God. The Bible reminds us to observe the Sabbath. We're warned in the book of Hebrews not to neglect, give, uh, neglect meeting with each other. By its definition, the church is an ecclesia, an assembly, where the gospel is preached and the sacraments are rightly administered. Still, biblically speaking, it would be a stretch to suggest that one hour a week was all the worship required of us. After all, we are always in God's sanctuary, and how we live the other 167 hours of the week is also an expression of our worship and praise. Offer yourselves as living sacrifices. This is your true and proper worship. Church is the people, not a place. God's sanctuaries are the heavens and the earth, not a street address or a public venue. Worship styles and preferences, what we wear, how often we share communion, whether we use hymns or praise songs or psalms or no music at all, these are all what the Christian church has labeled adiaphora or non-essential. What do we need for worship? We need faith. We need the gospel. We need Jesus. We need breath. And that's about it. Scottish bagpipes are very cool, but they are optional. 
adiaphora. So, of course, we should worship, and no power on earth can prevent us from worshiping. As I said, I think the issue is about how to worship God during COVID-19. How do we honor God and protect the health of our neighbors? Fortunately, the church has been adapting to the threats of plagues and political systems for centuries. In fact, adaptability to changing circumstances is one of the enduring strengths of the Christian church. So, folks, let's adapt. Let's boldly pursue new forms of media and technology to advance the gospel. Let's plant ourselves squarely in our Christian tradition. Let's adjust our behaviors and patterns in ways that honor God and fit our situation. Here are four biblical principles that can be our worship during COVID-19. The first is from Deuteronomy. Worship as faith in the home. Worship starts in the home. When the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness, the main location of faith and worship was in the home. Having just received the Ten Commandments from God on Mount Sinai, Moses offers the Cliff Notes version, saying, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength. And then he says this, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up. Or to quote the great 20th century theologians Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, you who are on the road must have a code that you can live by and so become yourself because the past is just a goodbye. So teach your children well. Well, centuries later, the people in the Bible again had their worship patterns disrupted. The temple had been destroyed. The people sent off into exile in Babylon. What's a God-fearing person to do when you can no longer worship publicly on site in your old church? Well, bloom where you're planted, Jeremiah tells the exiles. The best way to honor God is to invest in your local community, he says. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens. Seek and pray for the peace and prosperity of the city. So worship at home, invest in your community. And the third way to worship during a pandemic is to meet in small groups. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them, Jesus promises. A handful of friends in a Zoom meeting or sharing a Facebook live watch party, a discussion of last week's podcast or or the day's Christ in our home, reading the Bible in 90 days or 900 days and having a few friends cheering you on. Jesus started the whole church with a small group during a time of pandemic and social distancing. Now is a great time to lean into small group worship, prayer, and study. Fourth, Jesus says that feeding the hungry, visiting the prisoner, caring for the sick, these are also ways to worship. He says, when you do these for the least of these, you do it to me. Another verse in the Bible says the same thing. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and blameless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. So if worship is about getting closer to Jesus, there is no surer way to get closer to Jesus than by getting closer to those who are most, most vulnerable in our society, the orphan, the widow, the foreigner, the unemployed, the prisoner. Worship God by serving the least of these. 
So those are the four. Worship in the home. Pray for your neighborhood. Form a small group. Serve the poor. Offer yourselves as living sacrifices. For as long as you and I still have breath, for as long as we exist here in the sanctuary of God, praise the Lord. It may not be the same, but it is worship. It is worship that pleases God. And it might even be good for us. Will we ever get back together for public worship services again this year or even next year? I don't know. I certainly hope so. But I can tell you one thing's for certain. There is a day that is coming, saith the Lord. It is the wedding feast of the Lamb, the arrival of the new heaven and the new earth, the day when the victory over sin, death, and the devil is complete. The day is coming when God's dwelling place is now among the people and God will dwell and with and among us, wiping away every tear. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain or COVID or racism or trafficking for the, new, for the old order of things will pass away. And we will rejoice when we hear the sweet, strong voice of Jesus saying, let's go to my father's house. And then we will worship with abandon, with people of every nation, tribe, and tongue, with every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth, with everything that has breath, with Scottish bagpipes and a big, a bass, a drum. And when we've been there for 10,000 years, bright shining like the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun Hallelujah, 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 amen. And that's what I've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening to this week's We'll Preach for Food podcast. For more information about faith, as well as worship and study resources, you can go to our website, www.faithshelton.org. You can also listen to or subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other ways to listen to podcasts. I thank you, Chaz, for your production work. I thank you, people of faith, for your love and your prayers, for your financial support, and for your heart to worship. Please share this message with a friend. Consider making a financial gift to Faith Shelton using the link provided. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.